I had a really good intro um, joke uh, this morning when I was laying in bed and I can't remember what it is. <laughs> Fuck me running. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna ha- I'm just going to clip you saying that and then welcome, welcome to, to the, the beginning, beginning of the, of the, end of the world. <laughs> What's the most recent dialogue from girls uh, conversation you had? Because yesterday, when I went to the bar with somebody neither of you know, I made a joke when she was saying something, and I was like, it sounds like you just need to break up with your boyfriend. And then the next hour of the conversation was her explaining about two weeks ago, she tried to break up with her boyfriend, Mm. who then looked at her and was like, I'm still getting over my dad's death from eight months ago. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know someone who's about to go through another common law divorce effectively. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the last time I was at a party where people were doing like weird boutique drugs and listening to MGMT. It's been a long oh, time. It's been oh it's <laughs> that was just talking minute. to Steven. Yeah. The most dialogue from these two episodes I've had recently is probably any time I've talked to Matt where someone said there's gonna be live jazz there and he's he'll be like, That sounds awful. Oh. But does <laughs> Be like as a long as there's playing. not live music, then okay. <laughs> Listen, we, we do love to uh, go to a bar, see that there's now live music starting, and then immediately and then pack up and leave. hit the bricks. I, don't, I, I feel like I had a lot of this conversation. Like, I was pleasantly surprised by the first bit of this show, I have to say. I expected to hate it, and what I got from it was, wow, that's Greenpoint to a degree that I did not expect. It really was shot right in front of my fucking apartment, which is really weird. And wow, the people in the show actually in the first episode were people that I definitely knew. Now imagine me, only instead of it being me, it's Maximilian Robespierre. That's how I feel (laughs) watching the first episode of Girls. I mean, yeah, also, but not in a good way. I was surrounded by these nightmare individuals. Folks, it's as you know... The podcast that's dedicated to covering the first and last episodes of television shows. Quickly falling in love, falling out of love, and ultimately forgetting every show in existence. And we continue to whittle away in the minds. I might be the voice of a generation. I don't know which. uh, But I'm Ian Benson. Joining me, I wish I could remember any of the other quick descriptions of the characters (laughs) from Girls. Uh, give me a second here. I know what I want to say for Travis. I'm trying to think of a good one for Matt. Travis, you got anything? Uh, I mean, if we're trying to do the which one of us is each We're not going to have this conversation. Okay. I was going to say, I guess Matt's Marnie, maybe. Now, that's very mean of you to say. <laughs> He's the most <laughs> controlling. I think that's fair. <laughs> I'm the one, but I'm the one who would look at someone and go, I'm your best friend and I win. <laughs> yeah, Not um, to nearly her degree. I don't not, know. They were no. all. They're really monsters. Yeah. They're all monsters. Okay. So, well, there's Manciani. Hi. Who is not I mean, He's certainly not Shoshana. Yeah, no, but I was just going to say every time Travis Marmot does coke, he shits his pants. <laughs> that was what I was going to use for you. You know, I've never done coke, but statistically, that's likely to happen. <laughs> what a grim. <laughs> I, grim I, do, I do have bowel disease. So just... <laughs> Thank you for explaining uh, that. <laughs> I, am, I, am a, I am just... Just a small Jew like Shoshana as well. Joining us at any point, at any time, yeah. maybe, maybe not, is Stephen Doughton. Yeah. Which is very fitting, considering he is the Jessa. 
We don't listen. Yeah. So clearly, as you can already tell, we're talking about girls this week. Ladies, look, 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 ladies. Um, I don't want to do the casual, the usual thing we do when we talk about quartets, where we're like, which one are we? Or even, which well, not even that. Sometimes it's just characters on shows where we're just like, you know, King of the Hill. It wasn't even the, f- the main quartet that we <laughs> that we used. I, I guess it was three fourths of it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it three fourths of it, and Trousy, like Ian is not the saddest man who's ever lived. <laughs> Even though in a past life, Travis would often refer to me as strong sad. So, <laughs> uh, no, uh, I don't want to do that for this one because it's going to get mean, and because the meanest thing anyone ever said to me was sometime was the one time a girl I was interested in compared me to Hannah Horvath, and Brutal. I Brutal, lost man. interest effectively. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck. So we don't need to do this to each other because uh, there are bad people in girls. Yeah. I told a friend that I we d- that we, we, we uh, covered girls and they were like, oh, God, and asked if we were going to have that conversation. And I was like, no, no, no. We did that for Seinfeld. And they were like, oh, those are that's good. Those are better people. And I was like, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> <laughs> are we going to have this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I mean, they're funnier. I'll give you that. Yeah. I don't think they're better. They're funny. I mean, I'm l- I am less personally offended by the people in Seinfeld than I am by the people in Girls. I just didn't remember these characters being universe like this wretched from the jump when I watched this in twenty. Yeah, well, Indie Sleeves was alive and well. Uh, <laughs> that was never my scene, you know. <laughs> yeah, but you were surrounded by enough of it that you were like, oh yeah, this these are just normal folks. Um, yeah. I mean the 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 like cliche conversation to have about it is like I I don't know what level of knowledgeable the show runners were at in terms of oh like, yeah. did they That's... think these characters were despicable or not I I genuinely don't know in the beginning and I feel like they have a lot of empathy for these bad characters at the end so like I got more confused about it and I expected I to be a little bit where, more enlightened I think this is where the nature of our show does these things harm because I believe what you know, you're supposed to watch them, you know, grow and learn over six seasons. Although they frankly, Hannah, neither Hannah nor Marnie seemed like they'd grown that much by the last episode. And we didn't, they see both seem horrible. In the last, the they end. seem yeah. worse. Yeah. So we need I don't to, know, but that was always the, yeah, let's talk about what girls is. And then we can talk. Well, about no, 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 we're, we're, this <laughs> is going to come up regardless. We need to get this out of the way. I think the last episode was the better of the two episodes and was the one wow. that I found significantly more interesting. And I'm very excited for this. Cause I don't know if we've had that moment, but, but yeah. I think that like you could have taken the last episode, cut out everything before and stretched it to an hour and a half. And I'd probably be like, yeah, I really enjoyed that one. Like, if I think it, it just has like an a, episode of girls. Like I, I, think I could a, see how good, that could be a compelling setup. thing. Yeah. I just don't like it being girls and it doing all like hit, having to hit the notes of a girls episode because it's concluding the show felt really I it almost felt grafted on. I couldn't trace what epilogue. the tone was supposed to be. Yeah. I, I it's fun how you know they're like it's girls. We're only going to have two of them. Yeah. But yeah, I, I Eventually, we have to talk about Lena Dunham. I don't want to like go long on Lena Dunham because people have talked a lot. I looked up what Lena Dunham said, and Matt. I shouldn't have. <laughs> I was about. I, I literally. I pulled up the lyrics to that open Mike Eagle song because I was preparing to talk about. We can do the that. Best line of 2016, <laughs> Matt. Matt, I'm sorry. I hate to break this to you. We have to talk about Lena Dunham because we have to talk. This is the 
only chance I currently have on this podcast to talk about one of the greatest news stories of all time. Because okay. we here at As You Know have an official stance, and that stance is justice for Lambie. But we'll get oh, back absolutely. to that later. <laughs> yeah, no question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so we have to talk about Lena Dunham because we have to talk about Lambie. But <laughs> um, I, th- I think it's just been well enough proven that Lena Dunham is not a self-aware person. Um, so, like, I can't imagine that this show has the self-awareness that I feel like it needs to have for me to... I, th- I think she's the type of person who is too self-aware that it becomes a recursive not self-aware yes because then it's a brand yes yes but the amount of unforced errors in her wikipedia page the number of things that she says that are just (laughs) like how did this come out of your fucking mouth so did other people that worked on this show it's just her wikipedia page is the equivalent of um dave portnoy's twitter account where it's like, bro, you don't have to just keep, <laughs> you don't have to just keep th- throwing your own L's out there, left and right. <laughs> Dave Portnoy googling Cafe Du Monde because yeah. of the Buffets, because he loves Jimmy Buffett, and then going to the wrong one is <laughs> remarkable. And then tweeting it out and being like, "I'm disappointed," and everyone being like, "You stupid fucking idiot! <laughs> that How could you miss it? It's right there in the." You went to the. You basically went to the airport, bro, motherfucker. <laughs> like what? He's just like, well, you know, listen, it was the one that. And he's just like, you big dummy. How did we let you have col- power in this culture? And that's how we feel about uh, Lena Dunham. Lena Dunham. That's Dunham. right. It's two sides of the same coin. Those two people. They kind of are. Sure. Though. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> the Why two not? monsters of the Northeast. <laughs> Yeah, like, you know, the Northeast likes to be, like, this, like, bastion and be very mm. proud of their morals, but they need to contend with the fact that they gave the world Lena Dunham and Dave Portnoy. And that the worst person you personally know, person listening to this, probably likes one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Girls, yeah, it was an American comedy dr- television series created and starring Lena Dunham, executive produced by Judd Apatow, and it depicts four young women living in New York City. Drawn from Dunham's own life, of course, and uh, it ran for six seasons and 62 episodes from April 15th, 2012, so, you know, 10-year anniversary is next week. 10-year anniversary is next week. Now, this feels 10 years old. (laughs) I'm so glad we're not (laughs) in this cultural space anymore. The the quiver in my voice was realizing that the Discord will, not the Discord, the discourse will be about this in a couple days. Yeah. I'd like to say I chose it for this reason. Um, and uh, yeah, so it, and then it concluded in uh, 2017. Uh, Wikipedia notes, since its release in 2012, the series has generated some criticism over its depiction of sexual s- assault, male ejaculate, and Dunham's frequent on-screen nudity. Yeah, I mean, two of those things are just like grow up. Um, the sexual assault stuff, I mean, is kind of present in the first episode and unmarked upon. Yeah. And that's more of a hmm, thing. But we need done nudity stuff. It's just like, yeah. I guess this bothered me when I was 20 and I was like, Ugh, a person I'm not sexually attracted to is naked. And I'm just like, I follow Brian Quinby from Street Fight on Twitter. I see the big show naked, unprompted all the time. <laughs> I think I can handle this. <laughs> this is why I don't follow. <laughs> He loves to post a nude wrestler with no warning. <laughs> well, actually, Matt, tell us why you picked girls, other than, of course, to celebrate the 10-year anniversary. Right, yeah, of course, the 10-year anniversary. Um, I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about 
New York indie culture and like North Brooklyn culture of the early 2010s lately. And this show is the perfect encapsulation of all of that. This show and the Tim Heidecker film, The Comedy, I think are the perfect. Oh. Yeah. 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 And bo- both girls and the comedy <coughs> should make you go, oh. But yeah, that was, that was, <clears throat> that was full knee jerk. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wanted to explore because I'd also never seen it. I knew a lot about it paid attention to the discourse but it feels far enough away from the discourse you know uh, until a couple days from now when it comes back roaring like where we're gonna have to hear about it for a couple weeks but it feels far enough away that i don't feel like we're rehashing a bunch of stuff that everybody has already said a million times in recent memory and arcade fire is putting out a record so like <laughs> culture is is culture's reset Hey, that's new Arcade Fire song. Song? Um, Songs? I, I wouldn't know. I will not be hearing them. I'm sure very good. that they sound like Arcade Fire. Yeah, it's great. It's great to have them back. I'm very happy. <laughs> I, got my, I, got an, I got a cam. I got a digital fucking point and shoot with a f- built-in flash. Indie sleaze. Let's go. And then, and then in like a couple years, I'm going to start wearing like, like Lacoste uh sweaters and shit the thing is is that these are just what i do anyways actually like i'm not i'm not gonna front all of i some days i dress like i'm in the strokes and some days i dress like i'm in vampire weekend but i'm always dressing like i'm a key figure of the 2000s brooklyn music scene i mean today i'm wearing an ironic sports shirt and a baseball hat so i'm any guy in any band of that era that isn't famous and is the happy one i'd say that's also very much current like la music scene era Oh yeah, the sad husky is too deep a cut for people that would do that. I think you say that, but you know that there are some of those guys who love one deep cut. Like there's the guy with like that one super deep cut, and somebody shouts at something to him in the crowd, and he goes ha, and then he goes back to tuning his bass. Yeah, I'll never forget when I went to Pitchfork and saw a guy wearing a Joel Prisabilla jersey. Uh, that. I mean that name <laughs> sounds obscure. Sounds like I should know who that is. It's a guy is. who scored like eight points a game. It is truly the most remarkably obscure jersey I've ever seen someone wear. <laughs> and of course, it was a pitchfork. Ian, you were going to ask me. Uh, yeah, tell me about your experience watching Girls because I think it's roughly the same as mine, which is we both watched about fifteen episodes, and then she spent an entire episode fucking Patrick Wilson, and we got out. We just left. Yeah, we left that's, it behind. that's what happened. Um, yeah, I mean, Girls debuts our sophomore year in college. I Perfect remember being very it. right. I remember being very interested in it, uh, mostly because Judd Apatow was attached, and I was a big Apatow like that circle fan at the time. And I guess maybe still am. I haven't watched many of those movies in recent years, and I haven't kept up with the new stuff. But the the name helped, uh, and it was like, oh, a show aimed at like my age group, roughly. Although I'm not out of college yet, but I can now think about what it's going to be like or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I liked the first season. Uh, Dunham's what, five se- years older than us or so? Give yeah, something like that. Um, and I think the Patrick Wilson, I think I got to season three, and that's when there's the episode where she just fucked no, Patrick Wilson for a whole thing. I have it right here. It's season It's season two, episode five. Maybe I watched all of season two, because I definitely started season three, but season did two you is see when the I started episode being like, ben- maybe I'm sick of this. Did you see the episode with Ben Mendelsohn? I wouldn't have known Ben Mendelsohn in the year 2013. Well, that's your own fucking fault. He was already yeah, well, in the whatever. Dark Knight Rises remember, at that point. Do you think I, you I have think power I in this watched, situation, Travis? I think I watched part of season three, and then I was like, I missed a Do couple episodes. I was like, I'll get to these later, and then I didn't. 
uh, probably which is smart. often how shows lose me. It's a, it's amazing how many ways I can find to bring up that uh, to bring up Bane in context. What if Bane had been on the show? <laughs> oh my god! Ever, could you imagine how many shows we watched would be improved if in the, in the finale it's Bane like oh, it's just Bane's there? Which is like yeah, the girl starts pretty normally, and then around season four, Bane's introduced, and then season five, he's blown up the bridges, and they're just trapped yeah. in New York yeah, trying like to survive. Yeah, like if it took place in both of their words, their worlds still, like yeah. they're in North Brooklyn, you know, and while all of that shit is going down in Manhattan, take back your city. <laughs> and they're like, it's so wild what's happening. Do you think if he has a nuke, it'll destroy us too, or is it only going to be a Manhattan thing? <laughs> Girls, but it's in Gotham, just caused a Warner Brothers executive <laughs> to fucking black out. <laughs> Guy just looked up from a pile of cocaine and it's just like, I have a genius idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was my relationship with Girls. Uh, was... Uh, which is weird. I love Patrick Wilson. I don't know why that was really the straw that broke the was boring, and who cared? And then I remember we were both mad because Emily Vanderwerf gave it an A in the AV Club, and I we were like, you know what? Fuck you, TV I critics. I distinctly remember <laughs> that was for years I held that specific that was a watershed review. moment on our feelings on cultural criticism, yeah. I think. Oh and now that's like a writer who I like. I adore Emily Vanderwerf. <laughs> I think it's great. For like, years no, I held... you're wrong on this. <laughs> yeah, I held me. My opinion of Emily Vanderwerf rested so solely on that episode of girls being considered like one of the best and i was like what are you talking about i do remember there was also like a discourse like is patrick wilson hot enough to be the one shouldn't this be an even hotter actor we're all losing our mind you know it's just like this is all too stupid i'm out yeah. dumb he's is he better looking than jack antonoff then it's believable who cares who gives a shit uh lena dunham is like one one of the most prominent television industry plant examples i think like one, one well of should we talk about all four obvious... main characters parents yeah yeah right like but like lena dunham in particular just for being as untalented and uninteresting as she is like there really is nothing there except for blue links on her parents for her, like when her parents <laughs> get listed on her wikipedia page if we could just want to go over quickly the main cast's parentage because yeah. they all have famous parents. Lena Dunham's father, uh, Carol Dunham, is a New York painter. And Laurie Simmons, her mom, was a New York, uh, another artist, uh, more mm -hmm. in photography. Her mom, I believe, financed Lena Dunham's feature film debut, Tiny Furniture, mm -hmm. which was big on the mumblecore circuit. Yeah. Another phrase that is best left in the permanent past. <laughs> um, Travis coming then, in hot for the, um, the Duplass brothers. Yeah, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> You'll take on Mark and Jay anytime, <laughs> anywhere. Travis would bury even throw those in that guy who alive. lied about being in 9/11. <laughs> then Allison Williams' father is disgraced newscaster Brian Williams. Hell yeah! Remember when we were all like, "Wow, that guy who tells the news is funny." America, yep. sweetheart. Why? Why did he? Get, I forget. Why? Why is he disgraced? He what made he up about? that he would. He made up that he was in like a like military like plane that went down or something like he he just like randomly just, like told this huge Valor. lie that he was yeah, yeah. He, he stole Valor cool, actually and now he and now he's on like cool? cnbc <laughs> yeah maybe Damn. that's why he was cool yeah that uh, seems oh, fine that's cool but yeah i remember he like hosted snl and stuff yeah and yeah okay Brian Williams, yeah. he's funny he was a fixture in my household growing up so misrepresenting events which occurred while he was covering the iraq war in 2003 
damn, the first guy to misrepresent what was happening in the Iraq war. Oh, he'll be... <laughs> yeah, exactly. The only, the only man who suffered repercussions for that. <laughs> yeah. Brian Williams. <laughs> Uh, he, he, uh, November 2021, 20, he's leaving MSNBC and NBC. Uh, actually, so yeah, he, he is fully out. Damn. Uh, yeah, but we all loved him because he made that joke that one time where he's like, don't he they have Entenmann's? Yeah, he, he'd always, he was a, uh, that's the he one was a jokester. He would be on 30 Rock, like, yeah. whatever. He was more personable than Tom Brokaw. Uh, okay, hold on a sec. So yeah, okay. 2007, he hosted SNL. This is a good tangent because I want to see who he had to introduce as the music guest. <laughs> that's that's really all I want to see. Oh, you're so gonna try and find. Oh hell yeah, Brian SNL Williams is like, ladies and gentlemen, Feist. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, that's what 2007 was like. It's just fun to. Oh man, <laughs> uh, Jemima Kirk, who plays Jessa, her father Simon was the drummer in Number Fifty Nine on VH1's Hundred Greatest Artists of Hard Rock, Bad Company. <laughs> <laughs> bad company. Yeah. Do they have more songs aside from the song that goes "Bad Company"? Uh, feel like making love. Oh, that's a good song. That's the big one. There uh, there's another big one. I don't know. I hate "Bad Company." Oh yeah, man. yeah. They suck shit. Um, but. And lastly, uh, Zosha Mamet, who plays Shoshana. Of course, her father is David Mamet, one of the best worst <sighs> writers alive. Yeah, David Mamet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a man who on a podcast. Uh, I was listening to recently. They were discussing about David Mamet reaching the point in power where he's like, "What if I just make? What if I just have somebody say, money is money?' Do you think people are going to find that profound?" But <laughs> 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 basically, is what happens. I feel uh, like I feel like liking David Mamet was an extremely two thousands twenty tens North Brooklyn thing to do. Oh man! Oh like, man! I met like David Mamet. Uh, knew what was up. I'm at David Mamet's Wikipedia page. This man does not know what is up. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. I didn't realize, like, how crazy David Mamet is now. He's or lunatic, always was. Yeah. <laughs> I just, it's just like me scrolling in my eyes immediately seeing it's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why I'm no longer a brain dead liberal? Okay, sure, man. And then it's just like NFL anthem protests. Absolutely fucking despicable. And you're like, <laughs> Despicable? Cool job, David Mamet. Despicable? And then he's just like, you described Donald right, Trump, man. Yeah, yeah, he described Donald Trump as a great president in 2020. Can you imagine David Mamet getting? Oh man, I hope David. I thought Mamet. he was like a, a like Mar type lib. No, I dude, I got thing. bad news for you. Dude wanted. Uh, he implored his fellow Jewish Americans to vote for Romney. It seems, uh, and then seems yeah, like he, he was just the, like like Dennis Miller. Round. Mm, yeah, might have been. It's cool. You know what's great? Um. He uh, hasn't made a good thing in so long. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking at all these plays. We got the here. What's the last like David Mamet film? Oh, oh no! David Mamet's last film is. I think I have a saved photo from this film on my phone because uh, it's the Al Pacino uh, Phil Spector movie. Oh my god! <laughs> for HBO. Oh my god! <laughs> I think I have the saved photo. Jesus of Pacino with the hair. Pacino yeah. with the hair. <laughs> <laughs> all right what happened to the first episode of girls fuck me man i, sh I nothing yeah her really parents cut much. her a off lot, a lot of very like out of breath stylized dialogue the kind of comedy that really instantly makes my brain like revolt it was nice to see peter scolari and R. becky R. ann baker who is the best actor in these two episodes she's the mom 
Yeah, yeah. She's the mom, and I was surprised to see her do, like, Venomous really well, because mm-hmm. I mostly know her from being the mom on Freaks and Geeks, oh, where she's, like, the okay. platonic, like, Midwestern mom of that era who's, like, very nice and mm-hmm. kind of a pushover. Um, it's so good that she's married to Dylan Baker. A quintessential that guy. <laughs> everyone who's listening to this I was just, just watching stopped. Spider-Man 2 he was Kirk yeah. Connors didn't realize yeah. that everyone just stopped Google and now are, they're bringing a different role to their brain of why do I know who Dylan Baker is and there's one person who's like he was the villain on NBC's Kings and to you kind <laughs> sir who is thinking of that I applaud you whoever you are who's having that moment congrats anyway yeah she gets cut off by her parents yeah uh, we're like Get a job. Yeah, Peter Sc- well, Peter Scolari is just like, you're You're being too rough. We have to do this delicately. And, you know, the waiter comes back and is like, can I get you anything more? And, and Becky Ann Baker's like, she's had enough. And yeah. you're like, oh, wow. Well, she like, she's like, I want, a, I want a beach house, basically, was her. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's later where she's shouting. Yeah. I worked so hard. I want to I lounge by the lake. <laughs> um. I mean, they're uh, supposed to be Michigan State professors. There's so many lakes they can go launch by. My beef is that, she, yeah, she went to college. She went to Oberlin mm-hmm. in real yeah. life, Lena Dunham. My beef yeah. is her making her character be a Midwesterner. I just yes. take offense with that. Because she this has ca- no, she has no sense of what it's like. That's true. No sense. <laughs> yeah. None she's of it at not, all. Uh, yeah. She's extremely not Midwestern. This woman has never driven by a bunch of farms. Yes, this person. In her life. <laughs> Like I, I'm sorry if you're co- if you are a cousin of the Tiffany's, of Tiffany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this person leaves parties abruptly. Oh, by the way, I forgot. I was looking up just before you recorded. Going back to Jemima Kirk's father, Simon Kirk of Bad Company. Uh, he is literally landed gentry in Nottingham or whatever. He's descended from them. Yeah. Imagine you being like one of the wealthiest people of your time and then your descendant is in is the drummer in bad company <laughs> listen hey listen there were always fail sons there have always but been fail sons being in bad we're talking about bad company i could tell you bad company songs that's and don't forget the predecessor band free okay this is just perverted. Song, all right now. this is this is sickening to me but it, the fact that we're still talking, I don't know if that's fail son category, even if that guy was an absolute fuck up everywhere else other than being the drummer yeah. for Bad Company. I mean, he's a success son. He was, again, they were number 59. <laughs> Do they update this list? No. So this list it's is from over. 22 years ago. It will And it'll never update. change. It's a perfect document. <laughs> uh, are yeah, you they've familiar? never tried to like, do a new one or anything like that. I, I, who here is familiar with the book of Eli? Yeah, yeah, I know the book. I've seen the book. I know of what it is. Yeah, I'm just imagining a world where it's just oh, the apocalypse has happened, and Travis is just holding on to the hundred greatest <laughs> hard rock artists walking through the wilderness. This would be mine. This would be my contribution to the Apollo Project from Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah, like, yeah. Gotta save VH1 hundred greatest artists hard rock. Actually, that would rule if there was. It out. <laughs> there was one guy who's like, listen, no, we need to have it. It's that awful hacker guy who's the one. Oh who's yeah, doing. it would be because in the game, there's also the thing where he tried to get them to save like two hundred different exploitation films and they were like we'll only let you keep the um uh the sallow guys movies pasolini movies those are only those ones are art and we'll find we'll allow them uh anyway she gets caught off by her parents that what happens we get to Uh, she she has like her apartment yeah um her and marnie wake up together marnie's trying to avoid having sex with her boyfriend 
She has an unpaid internship that she's trying to turn into a job. Very classic 2012 thing. The even more uh, classic 2012 thing is that uh, the per- her boss at it is uh, Chris Eigman, Eigman? Uh, noted um, Witt Stillman company regular, also uh, best boyfriend of uh, future uh, show that we will cover, uh, Gilmore Girls, Lorelai Gilmore. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, she's eating a cupcake in the bathtub, which seems repulsive to me, but maybe great to some of you. I don't know. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I have no, I have no yeah. qualms I on this one. Things. That's that doesn't surprise me. You're Just talking having to conversation that I assume all women had, which is when will you show me your boobs? And apparently, the answer, according to the finale, is never. Uh, Travis, on the topic of having a cupcake in the shower or in the in the tub, you were talking to the man who, who has had a last word in the shower, <laughs> and also the other man here is the guy who had a frozen Negroni as his mid-moving <laughs> cool-down drink. We are too depraved to be the ones to Treats judge our life. Yeah, Travis claims that he's about the tree boy lifestyle, but he won't <laughs> eat a cupcake in the bathtub. Yeah, I think treats we are to- sacred. They don't belong there. <laughs> treats belong everywhere. I will not eat, I will not eat them nude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you <laughs> have a problem the rest with of the tr- episode. Is there something that, that you is- is there something that you will eat nude, Travis? Is it is it just like is it just treats that you won't eat nude? Yeah, where is the line? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Will you eat full meals nude? Because <laughs> it seems like which part of the sentence is your problem? I don't have to elaborate on this. Answer the question, um, Travis. <laughs> I'm sick of the lies. I'm sick of the evasions. He will only eat. You know what? He hates soup unless he's nude, and then it changes. <laughs> it's actually it's actually a flip of every Travis taste. Walking, walking into the kitchen, Travis is nude eating pasta. Shouting, pasta, don't look yeah. at me! Don't yeah. look at me! <laughs> It's a different persona. It's 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 uh, it's uh, Travo. Travo is nude and eats soup. Uh. Anyway, so Jessa, we also we then get to meet her and Shoshana. They're kind of split into different pairs because Jessa and Shoshana are cousins, and Jessa is returning home from abroad. They're not really home because she's British, I guess, but probably went to Oberlin with Marnie and No, Hannah. she's. Uh, I choose to believe it's she like the real. Uh. Uh. Gemma Kirk. Gemma is it Gemma Kirk? Jemima. Jemima, Jemima, oh, God. she's from New York. Yeah, she is from New York and went to RISD. But she was born and she was born there, but she spent most of her life in New York. In the she West does, Village, yeah. yeah. But it's that type of rich one because Lola Kirk, her sister, who's also an actress, is has no accent at all. You know how many people in New York have fake British accents? Most of them, the richest ones. Yeah. Also, there's a second sister named Domino who's married to Penn Badgley. That's important. Good for her. Is, yeah. Uh, yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> is is uh, is she still with um, not, uh, um, Jemima? Is she still with Alex Cameron? Yes, she is still married to Alex Cameron, which means that she probably saw the big enough video well before any of us. So good for her. So Jemima, or <laughs> Jemima, Jessa uh, comes back to New York from Europe and is crashing with her cousin Shoshana, who I think like goes to NYU or something. Like, I believe Shoshana does not, is not actually friends with the other three girls at the beginning. She's mm. just Jess's cousin. And she's not friends with them at the end, either. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, they, are, they are monsters to her, is what I remember. Uh, it's quite possible. I don't recall. I'm sure they are. Exactly. They're horrible. They're monsters to everyone around them. Yeah. Uh, 
and we really don't get to see much Shoshana in this episode at all. It's really just a quick establishing of she's the character who really likes Sex in the City, which the show was sort of conceived as like a modern update of. Honestly, put that on the bingo board. People like referencing the shows that influence them out loud. Yeah, I was hoping that it was just going to have the poster in the background, but the like they had to say it out loud too to make sure yeah. you really understood. Yeah. And then name every character and how she embodies all of them at different times and whatever. Uh, then we get uh, Hannah going to her sort of on again, off again boyfriend, Adam's apartment, played by a I'm slightly sorry. less broad than he's now known, Adam Driver. It's so bizarre. Uh, it's so bizarre. I, I just don't think you should be allowed to name somebody the character, the actor that they're being played by. <laughs> I'm not allowed. I, I think I, it should I be think... required. <laughs> so I think th- I said this before on the podcast, but my belief always when this happens is they were too dumb to not answer to anything but their <laughs> yeah. own name. Right. <laughs> yeah, you said that about uh, Momoa on Baywatch. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Noted. D- the, and 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 look, and uh, you know, I'll I'll admit I was wrong, but also those two are what America's premier hunks right now, Jason Momoa and Adam Driver. It's an interesting oh, take given that both of them have played many characters with many names. Yeah, but at the, but in their first roles, their first roles. Yeah. They, so they learned they play, how to answer to something that wasn't their name. Yeah, they learned to act on the fly. Trust me, noted that Adam, the character's last name is Sackler, and while Lena Dunham has never confirmed why he's named that, uh, noted coffee cup hoarder Jerry Saltz said that he firmly believes uh, that the character is supposed to be a scion of the Sackler family. That, that feels and, that like part. talk shit about his family because of who they are. I want to go back to this. Wait, why did he hoarding coffee cups? Yeah, right. uh, Jerry Saltz is he's a, a disaster in a lot of ways. But <laughs> it was a pandemic thing. I just don't have Jerry like Saltz that- coffee shows up. You it. Okay. I just didn't have that many like strong thoughts of Jerry Saltz. I'm just like, yeah, he's a writer. Jerry Saltz on April 30th, 2020 tweeted, commencing day 16 of sheltering in place, coffee run to gas station complete, 18 large to go, put in car, drive them home, deloused, decontaminated, showered, and placed in fridge for use. Stay safe out there, outlaws and creative gypsies. So all it is is that it was listen okay listen I'm gonna <laughs> go I'm, coffee this guy I'm that's fine no I'm gonna go back a little bit I'm gonna go back a little bit so it's a guy who doesn't know how to make coffee and it yes. was the early days and he was he was coming to terms with mayhem mode yeah. so he was buying eighteen coffees for probably like I don't know what do you think he is like a four three to four cups a day kind of person yeah. So he was like getting like three or four days worth of coffee, Listen, and then it was I just storing them away. I think this is fine, but the, yeah. the post about it is it, it, it has a, a chaos. It has a mayhem. It has a chaos. To it. But it has a chaos that existed during one very specific time, yeah. which is March to April 2020, <laughs> yes. where who knew? Yeah. Who? No one knew what to do. Yeah. Uh, we all he has a bunch of other horrible tweets, but I can't think of them offhand, but that's the when, one that people bring up all the time. When, the uh, thing I Dave always think Chang about. from Momofuku started talking to that guy all the time, That's when that was like I, when I really started noticing the downturn in those restaurants. So <laughs> uh, t- take what you will from that. Yeah, but I do like his take on Adam Sackler. Uh, yeah, being, yeah, that's good. Like, yeah, he's definitely in the family. Yeah, he's absolutely. There, everyone in the show is common people in it. Yeah. I don't think anyway, Lena Dunham thought of that because I don't think Lena Dunham is incisive enough to think of that. But I think she was just like, "What's a Jewish guy name?" Right. Yeah. Anyway, he's not wearing a shirt, and he does woodworking apparently, and he gets eight hundred dollars a month from his grandma to. You mentioned that this would himself. This would be better. His parents. 
or you mentioned that he's not, you know, as wide. How much better would it be if it was though the shirtless the Kylo, Kylo Ren, Ren. hulking? Yeah, yeah. He's still a guy you look at, and I'm like, this guy. People are really into this dude. I think like, that every time I see him, I don't understand. Wow. He also, it's funny. His face is exactly the same. Right? Yes. His face is exactly the same, but his haircut is such a like. This is a much younger man than the Adam yeah, Driver yeah, I don't know because that hair. Um, I'm going to use my go-to phrase, um, or which is also a friend's go-to phrase when you talk about these char- these celebrities that people thirst over, which is like, listen, there's just an energy. I don't know what to tell you. There's just an energy. I've just did never I, understood what I'm Did I recently, did, was it recently used in regards to Danny McBride with the same friend we're talking? Like, I would way understand more <laughs> wanting to fuck Danny McBride than Adam Driver, though. Wow. There's an That's energy. If you, if you let him hit it because he's goofy, yeah. like Danny McBride yeah. is like one of the top, one of the goofiest. <laughs> we were also talking about the tweet of just the like, it is a shame that he didn't get to play the Riddler. I think <laughs> I brought it up on Real me this, Batman. Yeah. Just the way he would have said it would have been amazing. Yeah. Just face against the glass. <laughs> Riddle me this, Batman. Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah. Bruce Wayne. Bruce motherfucking Wayne. Bruce motherfucking Wayne. <laughs> let him do it. It's like also I'm just like let Matt Berry play James Bond so he can hear Matt Berry go Bond, James Bond. <laughs> I can't get my voice deep Matt enough to Barry. be Matt Berry. You guys keep trying to get away from the plot of this girl's pilot. So anyway, what? So, so what? Yeah. What? What is the she like? Go, she goes to she goes to whine about the fact that she's gotten cut off from her parents and fired from her job in the same day, and he cheers her up with his penis and pretends to put a condom on. He's a he's a he's a really fucking awful dude who uh, who like fancies himself as a dom, and she's like, yeah, whatever, do whatever to me. The stay right here, but when I come back, all your clothes are off. And then her uh, staying in that exact position to try and get her leggings off was funny. That yeah. Is, that there is there like was scattered yeah, good bits yeah. in these. It was occasionally quite funny. Uh, I thought the first episode was quite good, generally. I mean, except for the last, like, five minutes. I didn't really dig. Yeah, they have sex. Uh, he does not put a condom on after she asks him to, which is, I think, He's, by definition, he says, assault. He says, uh, I'll consider it. <laughs> Well, but then you see him, he gets the the wrapper and he opens yeah. it and then he just tosses it uh, behind the couch. I think we, we do need a girl on the podcast. For sure. I think you can tell. I would imagine. I would assume so. Um, I didn't think much of this. I, I just thought it was just because they weren't going to show Adam Driver uh, with his on erect penis putting a <laughs> condom on because they were cowards. So that should have been the f- opening shot of girls. Again, Danny McBride would have. <laughs> How much better is this so show much, than Danny McBride? I mean, wow. not him himself necessarily, but there's so much dong in Righteous Gemstones. It's insane. <laughs> it's every episode. What a, what a, what a respectful artist, Danny McBride. Again, it's just the if thing. You, I was like, okay, if instead of Adam, yeah. it was Keith, way better. <laughs> there's a there's a moment of really really bad ADR, and then an MGMT needle drop immediately <laughs> after it. When was it? I didn't notice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You missed the MGMT ne- needle drop? No, I heard the MGMT. I missed the ADR. I don't even remember what the Problem. line was. I just remember that they but were back But I remember back to back. I did pick up on their listing. But yeah. Was it when she uh, when she tosses the keys? That would probably make sense as far as like, yeah. the difficulty of capturing yeah. that audio correctly. Some, and stuff. Probably something. Because uh, it's, just, it's just like top lock. Yeah. And she's mad because everyone showed up late at the dinner party. Mm-hmm. And this is... What I imagine an argument between 
uh, Travis and Matt is at what time to meet to eat dinner if they're getting dinner plans. Oh, yeah. I literally, in my note, um, I said, uh, Jessa operates on Siani time. No, but she doesn't operate on Siani time. She operates well, on Siani meal time. But as she's far as late. meal time, yeah. She's very late. Matt would have killed when himself she, if he when was she's going like, to be... we should have dinner at... I thought 7.30 was a suggestion for dinner, and we should you should have it at 10. I was like, I've had this exact conversation. Uh, you should have dinner at 10, before. but if you say 7.30 and you show up at 10, then uh, you deserve to show up to an empty house where buried. nobody I there. felt that me housing chicken tenders so I wouldn't get uh, uh, really hungry mid-recording was going to get mocked by Matt for like eating like a six o'clock dinner. <laughs> like that was that was where I was at when I was like, oh, okay. Hey, man, do, no. I didn't say figure something it was gonna... your dinner. It, well, it kind of is. I was really more I'm doing two snacks. That's fine. You could have, you could a pre, have a, a pre two small dinners. Are you going to be Yeah, yeah that's more what snack? it is. Are they treats? Uh yeah, I'm gonna. Chicken tender have them in the treat. Our, our snacks. Yeah. Our snacks. Maybe like a thread locked after twelve thousand pages of furious debate. <laughs> um, Does anyone want to have underwear snacks? Like edible underwear? Are you in a marriage that desperately needs to be spiced up <laughs> so you have edible no, underwear? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mostly nobody, just a sur- just just a curb episode reference, but it, it, oh. Okay, edible underwear, guys. Who wants this? This is why. I, that's why I raised. My I think question. that I feel yeah, like probably shows up it. in an episode of Girls yeah. at some point. Like, there's just no reason. Or more likely, sex. Yeah, I was gonna say that feels very Sex in the City. If there's anything that gets me hot and bothered, it's basically uh, fruit roll up stretched. <laughs> it's 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 over. stickiness. I like when things are really a stretched fruit roll up you know, thong. Listen, if it. I can have a fruit roll up with the addition of pubic hair, <laughs> who am I to say no? <laughs> Looking like looking like a free roll up no. stretch over steel wool. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it's horrific. Anyway, we should. Well, I'm sorry. Episode. I'm sorry that you're getting mad about this, Travis. That I'm just trying to describe the human body on our episode of Girls. I'm just trying to do right by the spirit of Lena Dunham. You can't get mad at this. You can't just view me as some sexless bag object the way that Odell Beckham Jr. apparently viewed <laughs> Lena Dunham if you asked Lena Dunham about the 2014 Met Gala or whatever. What the fuck was she on about? And I, everyone was I like... I can't believe Ian is, Ian's quoting verbatim the Slate article he has publishing tomorrow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was she on about when Dude, she was what just was she like ever that? fucking on about man <laughs> yeah i'm so mad that you beat me to the open mic eagle uh <laughs> line. This, this, I, to quote somebody who's not me there's a lot of psychology going on when you look into things <laughs> that lena dunham has said and done <laughs> She, Her mean, controversies page is so it's long. So the long. best thing is, the best thing is you can see you can see in this character why she's like what she is. Like she's she's almost self aware. She's like ten. She's like ten feet away from self aware in this yeah. character. It's also funny to have a huge controversy page for stuff like really. She's pretty anodyne. She just says dumb because shit because of the on mic. She just says dumb shit all the time, and in the culture that she operates, like that she is. An artist in it's stuff that will get people mad at you, right? Yeah, in a different way than most people's she... controversy stuff. That's like I dressed as Hitler at a party, right. or whatever. Like it's well, I mean, she like did, oh, oh, Travis, you don't think she didn't dress as Hitler at a party? <laughs> she went to Oberlin. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about yeah. Do we have more on this episode, or do we want to talk about the time? How does it happen? I don't even yeah. remember because it's it's so. Yeah, well, it was weird. Anna finally shows up at the party. 
she leaves yeah. the party because she's had the opium tea, and then she oh, goes yeah. on a podcast. And when she's on the podcast, she's like, you know, I wish I had an abortion. And everyone is like, <laughs> why? That's my favorite one of all time. I love when you can anger all sides of an issue with your take because it's so dumb. What a stupid the, fucking thing to say. It's the Thirty Rock. It's the Thirty Rock. The gay bomb. The thing that would both anger the red states and the blue states. Uh, yeah, she uh, issued a, a you know a lengthy apology. She's always yeah. apologizing. I mean, I, there was a Twitter bot called Lena Dunham Apologizes. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I should I should have paid more attention to this. A lot of it's funny. Wasn't there a dog controversy? Oh, yeah. yeah we Lambie is what we will talk about in between, in between. episodes. <laughs> There's too much for us to not like <laughs> devote. <laughs> <laughs> when I, when Matt was like, we're picking girls, my first thought was like, oh, cool, we're, we get to talk really about Lambie on the Lambie. podcast. <laughs> Instead of just me once a year texting Matt out of the blue, justice for Lambie. <laughs> so, yeah, so the, 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 the English, not English girl is pregnant. And... Um, oh, right. And the, they're having opium tea. Marnie is, you know, berating her for being late. And then Hannah shows up at her parents' hotel on opium and makes them read her book. And and then she's Which is just, like eight pages long, yeah. if you, based on the That so paper. that confused me because it was like the, now this person seems self aware again. But then there's so much that makes it seem like she's not. Yeah. Right, so I'm saying she's How did so he describe the opium tea? Tastes like twigs. No, 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 no. That part I remember. No, no. Her dad, when she's like, I know what this is. It's she basically had the equivalent of. It's basically flowers. Yeah, it was something really dismissive of it. Yeah, it was was like whatever. Give her a strong cup of coffee; she'll be fine. Yeah, like I don't want coffee, and he's like, "You're going to drink it." (laughs) And then she's like, "I'm 24 years old. You can't tell me what to do." And I was like, as somebody, if I, if I, I, if I had to interact with a 24 year old, I would greet them like a child. Absolutely. All right. Uh, what's going on? Uh, yeah, that's the end of the episode. What y'all? What y'all think of the first step? It was it's, fine. It was. It I liked was, it a yeah. lot more when I was nineteen. It was above average for a show, but uh, you know that that bar isn't actually that high considering we all hate TV here. This okay. is one of those shows where I was where I'd be like, I'd give this a few more episodes, but I already did. Yeah, I, yeah, I didn't have a problem with it. It, it could go some more nice. Like I said earlier, I forgot that everyone sucked from the jump uh, yeah. on the show, or maybe I just didn't recognize that they all sucked when I was nineteen, and I'm like, were... I would run away from every single one of these people. Right, but was what there age one you were were... supposed to be? Like twenty four. There, uh... Lambie. Is that what you wanted to talk about next? No, uh, I had a question. Oh. oh, no, yeah, yeah, I was talking. Was there a member back when you were nineteen that you were like, "That's yeah, she's the attractive one." <laughs> uh, Marnie. Because Alice Williams is just a. I mean, she, she, like, yeah, she's got a very pretty face. This was just me wondering if it was. Probably like, be more into Jemima Kirk now. I feel. Not um, Mammoth. Um, they're they're she's also attractive. Like that was the. I find I yeah. I find her. I was uh, it was her me finding her. Uh, yeah, I was just like, oh, you know, I she's she's very cute, and I didn't realize that, and because uh, uh, every character on Girls was terrible, but I just was like. I just had that moment where I was watching this and I was just thinking, oh, like, really just Allison Williams. And just like, wonder where she's at nowadays. Uh, Allison Williams is currently married to, um, oh, God, I looked this up yesterday. 
someone who used to be at Facebook, and he founded. Mm, she was with Ricky Van Veen, the founder of College oh, Humor. Yes, that was it. She was with the guy who founded College Humor, but not yep. anymore. And now that guy's married <clears throat> to uh, Chelsea Clinton's business partner. There's a really pointed comment in his Wikipedia page, in Ricky Van Veen's Wikipedia page. I want to see if it's also in Allison Williams. No, okay. Um, should be, uh, so, personal life, this is all that it is. Williams began dating Ricky Van Veen, co-founder of College Humor in 2011. He became engaged in 2014 and married on September 19, 2015, on a private ceremony in Saratoga, uh, Wyoming. Tom Hanks officiated the ceremony. She and her then-husband lived in the Chelsea neighborhood of, of Manhattan. Uh, on June 27th, 2019, uh, they issued a joint statement of their divorce. That's her telling of the story on Wikipedia. On his, it's uh, Van Veen married actress Allison Williams in September 2015. After four years and no children, on June 27, 2019, Van Veen and Williams quietly issued a joint statement announcing their divorce. And I just want to say, those are two very different pictures of a divorce. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just the four uh, years and no children. Lena Dunham, of course, dated Jack Antonoff for a while and now is married to... Uh, musician Louise Felber, uh, one of her bridesmaids was Taylor Swift. Yep, I knew that was going to come up. It's a weird pairing. Jemima Kirk is married to Alex Cameron, as we said. I thought they were just uh, together, not married. It says, it. the personal life thing says dating, but the the profile says M2019. And then uh, Zosha Miyama is married to, or yeah, is married to Evan Jonigkite, who was in X-Men Days of Future Past. As, As who? Toad. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Perfect. Anyway. Is it time? It's time to, to talk, talk about Lambie. Lambie. Steven, you seemed here to know the least about Lambie. What do you know about Lambie? Uh, I don't remember. I just remembered that everyone didn't like the way she treated her dog. That's literally all I remember. Per Wired.com. The article by... Of course, this is who wrote this article. This article is titled The Saga of Lena Dunham's Dog Lambie, The Walking Internet Receipt. Walking Internet Receipt. Travis, who do you think wrote this article? Gia Tolentino. Ashley Feinberg. Uh, yeah, that was my second guess. <laughs> yeah. The, best, <laughs> the world's best person at discovering whatever it was you did on the internet that you didn't want people to yeah. find. Ashley yeah. Feinberg. So, uh, to paraphrase this, Lambie... Uh, this was, uh, when did this come out? This article came out July 12th, 2017. I have been talking about Lambie. This is like right as the show ends. Yeah. I've been talking about Lambie a long time. Uh, so Lambie was, was Lena Dunham's rescue dog. Um, and if you go by Lena Dunham's account of this, Lambie was a problem from the start. She wrote a New Yorker essay in 2013 about it. Uh, and then in June, she revealed she'd given Lambie to a, K uh, to a canine rehabilitation facility. The shelter, though, that she had adopted Lambie from countered many of her claims. So, you know, and, and you, you get, you know, uh, on June 21st, 2017, like, it's just, yeah, Lambie Gate unfolds. And it's just like the, uh, an explanation about the lengthy absence of... Lambie, that after four years of challenging behavior and aggression that cannot be treated with training and medication or consistent loving dog ownership, Lambie went to live with professionals. The cut visited the Zen dog facilities and learned 
that when Lambie first checked in, he was a hot mess and a train wreck, heavily medicated, ill-tempered, with a penchant for drinking his own urine. The Zen dog that worked its magic, the woman who adopted Lambie from his rehab, <laughs> rehab facility, uh, a trainer named Danny Shea, posted like a beautiful series of photos of Lambie. I'm going to their Instagram right now and I'm seeing if Lambie is still alive. I think Lambie might be died. I mean, probably it's also just old by this point. Like, dogs don't live that long. Last post, April 2020. Lambie is alive. As of April 2020. There's no follow-up posts of Lambie. But that doesn't mean anything. This person doesn't There's post no that RIP much. Posts of There's no RIP posts is really the important part. So, Lambie, looks like they're out there still thriving. Uh, How yeah. old would Lambie so, you know, be now? Uh, At least well, nine. Yeah. Uh, it's a gift to care for an animal at any capacity. They feel our hearts and tensions to love them, even when changes are needed and they love us back. They can often thrive in new homes if the transition is executed thoughtfully and responsibly by everyone involved. So thanks again for sharing Lambie with me and being his first home out of the shelter. He's loved, learning new things, and cracking me and my friends up all the time. I adore him. This is what Shay wrote directly addressing Lena Dunham. And then it's just like, Dunham posts to but defense with like an oil painting of Lambie. And then the shelter weighs in. And then like new friends of Lambie weigh in on the shelter's behalf. And then it's just like Dunham sh- posting a photo of her own ass where it's like, oh, I got attacked by my dog and she's wearing underwear that's got blood on it that says hopeless romantic. So, okay, wait, yeah, this is just the part where it's like, yeah, Lambie's bitten me twice. And it's just Feinberg just pulling up, like, all of the receipts from all of this. Every tweet about Lambie. Um, Taffney Ackner, the, or Taffy Ackner, the writer, just like, to those asking how I could possibly know that Lena Dunham was a good dog owner, please witness my only ever Marshall McLuhan moment. My sister was her <laughs> vet. She was hired to teeth the dogs of digression. She made house calls. She saw the damage. You're all idiots for what you did to her yesterday. Like, it's just remarkable. Uh, and I believe the other thing, too, is that uh, this isn't the only time that Lena Dunham's had like an animal. Like the thing is, is like, I feel like for a while there, and I wish Matt was still here to confirm this. Uh, there were a number of times where you would just get like Lena Dunham posting that an animal of hers had died. <laughs> sure, it's just an animal graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. It's the house from, um, wife swap. <laughs> Lena the Dunham. Prairie dog. Pet deaths. Uh, uh, stop, stop, stop giving Lena Dunham pets. This is an Ashley Feinberg newsletter. <laughs> it always comes back to Feinberg. <laughs> um, this is a comprehensive. <laughs> so this is, there's so many. There's so many. A newt. Lena's a first newt. pet died. Uno, Bruno, and Devo. Pit bulls. Current status. Presed- presumed dead due to time. <laughs> Guy, India, Sophie, and Thor. Cats. Very little is known about them except in 2015. Uh, post about someone else's cat. Yeah, it's just it, Lambie. We all know what happened there. Karen DeMongo and Susan Simmons. Poodles. She had these two new dogs on The Tonight Show. That's, yeah. And uh, current status. They're both believed to still be alive <laughs> in wherever it is where Donna Future Pets who are her favorites of the moment. Uh, they had not been seen since 2019 and 2020. Bowie, a uh, Yorkie. <laughs> this is just a photo with a Yorkie with a red X over its face. <laughs> Has she killed again? Uh, on August, yeah, three months after accepting the 13-year-old dog into her care, Bowie had passed. Uh, unresolved questions, along with Dunham's an- announcement of Bowie's uh, there were, uh, death, came a series of photos 
taken uh, by a photographer that depicted what appears to be the dog's pre-euthanation party. Uh, yeah, so she had a dog for three months and it died. Oh. She had a cat for nine months and it died. Oh, right. Uh, she had uh, just, just a number of cats that just have died. A lot of cats, a lot of cats, a lot of dogs. There's a hedgehog. Seems like she's had about 20 pets. Yeah. Uh, while we're still in between episodes, we should also address uh, one of the bigger controversies, or at least bigger criticisms of girls, was uh, that cast was all white, despite taking place in Brooklyn. Uh, Jenna Wortham specifically wrote about that. And Leslie Arfin, a writer for the show, responded to the controversy by tweeting, What really bothered me the most about Precious was that there was no representation of me. Unsurprisingly, that got deleted. <laughs> um, you know, And then they were like, all right, fine, we'll cast Donald Glover as my boyfriend, who's also a Republican, and I'll forever remember that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said he was basically a black dildo. Yeah. Yeah, he was only in two episodes. He was a black dildo. Um, do you know who Leslie Arfin is married to? No, I don't know. Paul Rust. About her. Uh, that's a no-no. <laughs> it's an honor to have Christoph Waltz's character from Inglorious <laughs> Bastards filling in for Travis on the podcast today. I was referencing a Paul Rust thing. How oh, um, is it? Yeah. It's like a comedy bang bang thing he does. It's okay. like new no nos or whatever. Like his make fun of new rules. You know me. Uh, the only the only comedy bang bang thing I experience is the monster fuck, which I watch for the entirety <laughs> of the month of October. It's a show okay. I only know things through osmosis from knowing comedy. Oh, bang. and also um, uh, Paul F. Tompkins in, uh, impressions of Werner Herzog. That's also from Comedy Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. Uh, should we just get to this weird finale? That's basically an epilogue called Latching. The more interesting conceit of an episode yeah i think i liked both episodes about equally and that they both had their ups and downs i like what this episode is about i think it could be better executed and i think it could have been actually a longer thing and i think it would have been an interesting story it is interesting that that they really stuck to the 30 minute episodes i was shocked when i learned this show is 30 minutes yeah i was i was fully expecting a longer finale and then i learned that like the longest episode was only 41 minutes long. I, I mean, kind of you know, love they that HBO shows are like, eh, whatever it needs to be for this well, episode. But, yeah. Wait, <laughs> I'd say with a little bit more. within reason, but yeah, you know, I, yeah. I wonder what it would be like if it was a streaming thing. I could have seen now, like, Girls being one of those shows where you, like, press play if it was a streaming only one, and you're like, this episode's only 22 minutes long? And the next one's 49? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like, with, like, the, the start of The Mandalorian when it was really exciting where you'd just be like, my God, this... W- we're just going to be done real quick on this one. Uh, so we have a mandatory callback to the pilot with Marty and, and spooning Hannah sleeping in a bed together, but with their positions reversed. Listen, and ladies, were they the same last time? Ladies know. love to share a bed, right? The ladies. <laughs> uh, any ladies listening, please shout out. Yes, I do. Yeah, shout out. Shout out the times or where no, you, we don't. Uh, where you and your best friend have you know shared a bed. I mean, I've shared a bed with these two jokesters before. That's also true. I shared the loudest bed in the world. I shared with many of my homies. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the uh, you know the main setup of this episode, an interesting uh, development, is that Hannah has a child now, which who apparently is fathered by a character played by Riz Ahmed, and is moved out to like Poughkeepsie or something to raise the child whose name is Grover. The I name don't of a Muppet. I would, yeah. Um, wasn't Grover the original like idea of like the leader of the Muppets, and then Kermit blew up? I don't. You you know what? You probably have more Muppet knowledge than oh, me. Oh no! So. Sorry, Grover's a Sesame Street character. Yeah, Grover's a Sesame Street. You're thinking of Gonzo. You're, right. I'm, You're thinking of uh, Gonzo. 
I'm not thinking of Gonzo. I would never no? do this to Gonzo. I love Gonzo. Thinking of. I'm clearly thinking of who. Sam uh, the Eagle. I'm thinking of who. Uh, I'm thinking of who the original character was in Peanuts before Charlie Brown took over the strip. Of course. Schroeder. Uh. No, no, it's it, it's not. You you don't know his name because that's what happened to him in Peanuts. But yeah. Peanuts. He was, he was killed off. Original protagonist. And Charles Schultz was like, what if I made it this guy that whose whole thing is everyone hates him? Yeah, I mean, that's because, yeah, that's the thing. The first comic is, like, about Charlie Brown, but it's being said from somebody else. And it's just like, here comes Charlie Brown, the saddest man in the world. How I hate him. <laughs> it's like, dude, that first one is basically like... Become like a beloved comic. It's such yeah. a weird opening. That first one is basically just like, yeah, it's like, here he comes, the dreaded Laramie. <laughs> because this time he's boring. Anyway, so yeah, she has Grover, who is not breastfeeding. And she's moved out to this house upstate, and Marnie is demanding to help her raise the baby and sing in fast car, uh, despite her protestations, and jerking off on the phone with her boyfriend while pretending to be a British flight attendant. We got to talk about this part real quick. I just checked something. Okay. It's another way that girls fumbled this shit. And I thought it, but I wasn't going to say it. And now I'm... now. I'm what? They didn't get to the it. chorus of Fast Car, no. which is amazing? Yeah, that, yeah, that was <laughs> terrible. No. Lena Dunham, a, a Jewish woman. Rizamed is... Um, it, uh, he's Pakistani? I think he's Pakistani, yeah. I'm going to double check that. I mean, British, but yeah. I think no, 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 no. Yeah, British Pakistani actor. Yes, yes. Yeah. Pakistani. The baby that they hired to play the child of a, of a white Jewish American woman and a British Pakistani actor was a Haitian and Puerto Rican baby. I was going to say, like, that kid's black. Yes. And I was just like, I'm going to just double check something about this. And this was another thing that was criticized in the finale. It's just like, that baby <laughs> is not of Southeast descent. Or, that South, baby Asian, is, or, or South Asian. Sorry, that baby is not South Asian descent. Do you think there's fan um, theories about there being a different father or something? Uh, you know, Yeah, it's, it's Donald Glover's character. He came back. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's a perfectly fine cute kid. It was just one of those things where I had that moment. I was like... It was also interesting that they're like... You know, one thing I've never seen someone do on TV where it's like you have to it's one thing to be like you're casting your baby and just kind of interact with this actress or whatever will be on there. But this time it's like she's going to attempt to breastfeed it, but fail. Yeah, it's a little weird. Like it's a weird thing to have your baby sign up for or to sign your baby up for rather than <laughs> have your baby do. The well, you think we're like 15 years away from that kid uh, suing Lena Dunham for emotional distress? Like, like the, the Nevermind Baby? Like the Nevermind uh, Baby, probably exactly. Probably not, because I don't think this episode of Girls had quite the same cultural impact. But yeah, uh, Hannah and Marnie uh, keep butting heads over having helping to raise the child, so Marnie calls in backup and calls in Hannah's mom. This is a good... I wish this was the 30-minute mark of an hour and 40-minute movie. <laughs> this show... This show... This episode is... I mean, it was something to really highlight is the fact that the entire episode is just hannah whining like whining and whining and whining the baby Mm -hmm. won't the baby won't breastfeed and she's trying to whine in ways that are funny but it's just annoying and uh yeah she's a big whiner and her mom's there to put her in her place about it i didn't have a good mom daughter argument scene yeah and i didn't know that uh the thing is that peter scolari scolari 
uh, character was gay. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that that all had happened. I know he had won the Emmy for uh, his work in the show as like a guest role. Back when they used to give that Emmy to people who would play guest roles and not just like people who appeared on SNL. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was like, oh, okay. So that's because she was saying something about like, oh yeah, you know, I, I smothered my best friend because by, you know, trying to help him. Uh, and now we uh, hate each other. Which she said something. So we even had a child together. And I was like, what happened here? Oh, got it. Because then later, Donham like snaps and says something about like, you know, the one you're the one with like oh I would have if I if you didn't have a gay husband maybe I would have been raised right or all of these things yeah. she was just absolutely well, awful to her mother her mom at some point says like you know after she had her like you weren't feeding and I thought something was wrong with my breasts and your father certainly wasn't any help in that department or something yeah. like that and uh, yeah even uh, even more afraid or something like that yeah and um yeah that was all you know I was like oh this is this is what, I, as somebody who hadn't known all of that, I was like, what a great way to reveal these details to me, Ian Benson, a person who's... <laughs> it's the weird person who does the Spencer Hall as thing you know. and only watches the finales. As you know. Yeah. As you know, Dad was gay. As you know, Dad uh, was gay. <laughs> and eventually they, she leaves to go take a walk, basically, and leaves Marnie and her mom care for the baby. The interaction with the doctor uh, that she has earlier... Well, I just like one. I just like you get Allison Williams just fucking vaping everywhere. Uh, you know, it's just funny seeing her just like sitting in a hospital waiting room, vaping. But yeah, with the interaction with the doctor, where he's just like, "Could you, could you call? I'd like to see my standard doctor." And she's just like, "No, I'm sorry. She, she's on vacation. You wouldn't want to be bothered on your vacation." She's like, "Well, I'm a writer, and you know, I like, I'm always writing and all these things." And he's just like, and he's just like, "I'm not, I'm not doing this. No, stop it. It's fine." You know, and yeah. then sussing out the details and learning that, like, you know, or, or Marnie sussing out the details and learning that, like, she wasn't completely honest with the doctor. And she's like, I'm going to sing Fast Car. And Lena Dunham's like, stop it. Nobody likes it, except it seems like only she dislikes it, because the moment he, she stops singing, then Grover starts crying. Yeah, Grover's a huge Chapman head. Yeah, anyway, she goes for this walk, and while on her walk, uh, sees a teenage girl running away from her home uh, with no pants on and no shoes on, saying, you're a monster, and she offers to help this teenager, and it's like, I'll give you my pants, and you can come back to my house and use the phone to call your boyfriend, Justin, to pick oh, you up. Yeah, a weird, a weird immediate move. Here are my pants. And the, yeah. And then the, she reveals, you know, obviously she's thinking this girl's in distress, her parents are abusing her or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the girl is like, they tried to get me to do my homework. It's not even due till Friday. Yeah. She's just and like... Justin understands. How could you... How could you? Oh my God! You know, just start screaming at the child, <laughs> which is the right move. This is a funny this scene. Point. Yeah, no, it's the right move in this moment to just be like, "You stupid idiot!" And then she's like, "Oh, I finally now understand my own mother." Wow, look at that! As a mother now, I've I understand this. The best part is at the end when the girl's leaving with her pants and she just goes, "Go fuck Justin for me." <laughs> I didn't mean it like that. The, th- the part of this episode that was really strange to me as far as like what it was trying to get across was when the cop comes up and he's like, hey, let me bring you home. And she's like, I don't really want to get in the back of your car, which fair. Uh, and then he just follows her home and then she gets home. Like, what? No, yeah, no. there's no- nothing what? else comes up. Well, it's just no, like... You're what? missing the best line reading in the episode. Because he's like, man, why don't, man, why don't you have your pants? She's like, like, oh, I just had a baby. baby. And he just goes, yeah, that sounds right. (laughs) Sounds about right. (laughs) 
Yeah, that sounds about right. And then, he, then he's just like, well, this woman's lost her mind. I'm just going to make sure she gets home. I don't know. It's, yeah. yeah. I'm just like, is this a kindly cop or an overbearing cop? I'm unclear I, what point it's supposed to be making. I'm I, I reading guess... this one as kindly in this because he doesn't do anything other than drive next to her to be like, let me just, you don't want to get in this fine. I'm just yeah. going to make sure you go home. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think he seems kindly. My question is like, why was this included in the episode? And I guess maybe it was like to have a stranger, another stranger witness just how like bizarre her situation was. Yeah, I guess. Cause there's also the guy who asks if she needs help when she's walk- taking a walk in the first place. And she's like, I'm not a hooker or whatever. <laughs> yeah. like, okay. Yeah, nobody said you were. Just- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, shouting, I never said you were. Is actually every interaction with Lena Dunham. <laughs> I never said any of these things about you. You are projecting. All of this is. I don't know I don't, who you I are. I am a wide receiver for the New York Giants. I gotta get the exact quote. I don't. I got something about him. Yeah, no, no. I'm, she was I'm a get, marshmallow. I'm getting. September 2016, Dunham criticized NFL player Odell Beckham Jr. for her interactions with her at the Met Gala. Dunham said, I was was sitting next to Odell Beckham Jr. and it was amazing because he looked at me and determined I was not the shape of a woman by his standards. He was like, that's a marshmallow, that's a child, that's a dog. I wasn't mean. It wasn't mean. He just seemed confused. The vibe was very much like, do I want to fuck it? Is it wearing a... Yep, it's wearing a tuxedo. I'm going back to my cell phone. She added, it was like we were forced to be together, and he literally was scrolling through Instagram rather than have to look at a woman in a bow tie. I was like, this should be called the Metropolitan Museum of Getting Rejected by Athletes. This person's so fucking crazy. Bro, this person he doesn't is so know- fucking insane. Bro, he doesn't know you. You could have just said hello to him, I guess. Yeah, I bet she said nothing, and she he like looked at her and was like, oh, a person I don't know. I Allow bet, me to look I, back I, at I my phone. I bet Beckham Jr. had no idea who she was. Not a clue. Yeah, absolutely. What if uh, what if he did? Th- what if he was like, "Oh, I loved her small role in This Is 40. <laughs> what if Odell Beckham Jr. was like, "Yeah, yeah, tiny furniture." Yeah, <laughs> I have the criteria. He was playing in New York. Maybe he got into the, the, no. the indie scene. No, <laughs> I'm familiar with the works of Odell Beckham Jr. No, he did not do that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, she gets home and then is like, and then goes and breastfeeds the baby. Yeah, she's prepared and to be a mon- mother, and she's able to. Car. Marnie, Marnie's like, I think I'm going to go to law school. I just love the rules. Marnie is Christopher Nolan. Can we talk about how after Marnie was caught uh, doing uh, FaceTime sex with her boyfriend, that she very quickly was able to get her hair in pigtails by the next, by the time she got out of the room? Well, you don't know how much time has passed. I feel like it was supposed to be like a few minutes. <laughs> you don't know how good she is at braiding her hair. I guess you know. I don't know much about braiding hair, but that seemed like a seemed Steve, like an IMDb gonna... goof to me. Oh Jesus! Don't ever say that. Seems like a cinema uh, sin. Uh, Got to bring up a recurring feature on this podcast. It's time to discuss whether or not I'm Henry Rollins no on this. was on the television show Girls, and the answer is no. But do you know what Henry Rollins was in? Tiny Furniture. And Lena Dunham was in. This is 40? Music by Sia. That's right. What? They're both in <laughs> in music? Uh, speaking of music, Travis, 49. Uh, oh, I've no, already uh, been talking no, because you we missed had a it. lot of occasions talking about Bad Company. Yeah, you missed We don't get to do it. I mean, he'll have to answer anyways, but we do, it's not as good this week because he revealed not only was the daughter of one of the characters, you know, or the, the actor, uh, the daughter of the guy from Bad Company, he told us where Bad Company was on the list. 
That's fine. But, 49. Uh, 49's tough. It's right after Slayer. Yeah, it is. Four. It's not Red Hot Chili Peppers because they're like 30. Some other music. Oh, God. Oh. Red Hot Chili Peppers is 30 on the dot. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, I'm using this as an excuse to name other ones to make up for that. I can't come up with who 49 is. They're Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, yes. Equally Tonight. as whiny Tonight. as Selena Dunham. Billy Corgan. <laughs> he should have been on Girls. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, Jessa dated Billy Corgan. <laughs> Admittedly, that'd be great. But instead, she gets like married to Chris O'Dowd at some point. That's... Patrick Wilson's there. A lot of lot of people. There are a lot of great, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of great cool, ones. Yeah, a lot of cool people were on this show. Just, yeah, a yeah, yeah. lot of, lot of my faves. Because yeah, hold on. You know, you got Fred Melamed is oh, there. Cy Abelman's on this show. Cy Abelman was there. Yeah. Um, I doubt they found a way for Cromwell to appear, even though it's HBO. Uh, Fred Melamed uh, appears to hit on. Uh, Mom? Yeah, I, I was Perfect. like. I, I was like blanking completely. I was like Baker. What's her? Marianne Baker? Lorraine. Marianne Baker. Uh, yeah. You got Patrick Wilson, Rosanna Arquette, Ben Mendelsohn. Ben Mendelsohn. That's ridiculous. Uh, Gabby Hoffman, of course. Perfect for the show. Yeah. Uh, John Cameron Mitchell, of course. Um, he directed uh, like Short Bus and mm-hmm. Hedwig and the Angry Itch. Uh, uh, Richard E. Grant. Uh, recently, I learned that. John oh. Cameron Mitchell came out as an binary like this year. Okay, I apologize. Uh, June Squibb plays perfect. Hannah's grandmother, perfect. Felicity Jones, Natalie Morales. Oh uh, yeah, a lot of lot of lot of talented people over the years, which is not a surprise. Ma- oh yeah, of course. Maude Apatow. Did you know that her dad is like <laughs> Count- right? I mean, no, this it was whole her show mom. is that euphoria tweet. Yeah, her mom's yeah. Leslie Madden, and her dad is a director, <laughs> an all-timer. What a stupid world we live in. Yeah. Uh, for the listeners out there, Steven is showing feet now, <laughs> um, which means we're winding down. It means it's a late night recording. I don't know. That doesn't. It's, it's not what that means at all. <laughs> Steven shows feet in early morning recording, recordings at somebody's house. I was talking about this, you know, the, the feminine urge to think that you can sell feet pics. I said this in, uh, in, a, in Los Angeles when I was there with friends and one of them was just like, I mean, I could. And I, how do you think you would recover from trying to sell feet pics? And then someone telling you, you have feet. That's not worth the money. I mean, it would make sense to me. You've seen my weird veiny feet. Okay, if I yeah. got them in the right condition where they're really, the veins so really they, bulbous and maybe they pay extra for that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I've but such, I just, it, uh, <laughs> so pale. It would be like, it would be like if somebody played me like side trance, Right? Somebody played me Psy Trance and was like, is this good Psy Trance? I'd be like, I don't, f- this, I mean, it's just not for me. I don't know what this is. I don't know if it's Yeah, good. I'm not sure what specific. That's the same way. What's a conventionally attractive foot? Right. Feet, if I saw a foot, I'd be like, and they were like, this is a good foot. I'd be like, okay, I believe you. I have to believe that I'd the best I'd get my feet- Henry, H- Harry Belafonte on and say, okay, I believe you. I have to believe that the best feet are like Uma Thurman. Right, it was like the people that are in Quentin Tarantino yeah. movies. I assume those actresses have good feet. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he has unconventional foot guy taste. I don't uh, know. Oh, you're right. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Uh, foot guys weigh in. Is Margaret? Mar- does Margaret Qualley have conventionally good feet? <laughs> Unclear. 
Diane Kruger, <laughs> Bridget Fonda. Who has the best feet? We're we're no longer talking about anything. Do you know? <laughs> <Okay>. uh, <laughs> we're done with girls. Do you guys like girls? It was fine. <laughs> this show, this show, you know, because of the fact that we have watched garbage week after week. I was like, wow, this is pretty good. <laughs> but I think said it's that just I like a well-made series. Right. It's like pretty good. Like it's, it's, I mean, I, I didn't love it, but it's, you know, all right. You know, all right. Yeah. yeah this didn't really make me want to re to reevaluate girls, a show I'd already seen two seasons of. I was just like, yeah, it doesn't need to be reevaluated. I, I mean, really my thing. it's just like, it's all right. Like, you know, it's, it's for a time and a place in a generation. Uh, the same as a lot of shows like this. And oh, I should also mention, this is one of many um, shows that my dad watched all of, even though he is not the demographic for them. Interesting. Yeah. We, lo- we love, love this Paul. for him. The, my takeaway from watching this is I'm a little more interested in the Lena Dunham film that premiered at Sundance earlier this year. Because it, I'm just like, oh. Because it's like it an 86-minute movie directed and written by her, and I liked the last episode more, but I think it would have worked better as a longer thing. And so I'm just like, yeah, you know, I could see it. And it's got some stars that I like in that it has John Bernthal Ooh. and Jennifer Jason Lee, and former, former, as you know, featured player Scott Speedman. It's really interesting. Uh, okay, Scott Speedman is not who I think he is. Um, that is interesting. He's on Felicity, right? <laughs> yes. Okay, and he was Michael Corvin in the Underworld Underworld films. Uh, okay, when you said and Scott Speedman, I thought that it was the guy who uh, plays Jason Street. No, that's Scott Porter. Scott Porter, but Scott also, Porter was in Speed Racer, so you, you understand. You <laughs> Scott and, and Speedman. I was hoping you were going to name the fastest Scottish person that you could, and we're like, that's Scott Speedman. Uh, also, um, I don't uh, think I can name a fast Scottish <laughs> person. <laughs> uh, anyway, Scott Speedman uh, was on show that we will one day cover on this podcast, Animal Kingdom. Oh my god, dude! I've, I <laughs> see, <laughs> you were also watching March Madness slash the NBA, and we're like, we're gonna have to do Animal Kingdom. Dude, not it ends this you year. Pause, but it's it ends this yet. year. I know. Also, well, when I was watching March Madness and I was seeing ads for Chad, and I was like, what is this? The, one, the show where Nassim Pedrad plays a 13-year-old boy? Yeah. I mean, great casting on her part, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but, I think she wrote it. Uh. Yeah. But it was still the thing where I was like, oh, I've never heard of any of these shows. Did yeah. I enter an alternate universe? I can't wait to talk about them. But I Travis. Am, I, yeah. Before we could talk about Chad or Animal Kingdom or Claws. Claws is on my list, but it's not oh, what I think. Please, this week. not Claws. Oh, baby. <laughs> I'm excited to do Claws. I just don't feel like doing Claws just yet. Guy who. I did, I did it finally officially end? It ended. Okay. I, I cannot, uh, guy who picked Wife Swap last week, uh, afraid of the repercussions of picking listen, Wife Swap. Listen, I, I regret it. And I bought everyone gifts, even if they don't I arrive. I bet Claws is fun. That's <laughs> wait, all wait, I've heard wait, about wait, is wait, that's wait. fun. Wait, let's go back to Stephen's comment there. Yeah, the I bought everyone gifts, even if they don't arrive. I got Where an email. Where did you buy gifts from? I got an email yesterday, and they were like, hey, we contacted the seller of the thing you bought, and they're not responding. So This was Poshmark. Yeah, so yeah. if you if you want a refund, you can have it. Otherwise, we'll wait till they send it. But you have to fill out this refund form, and we'll of, refund oh, you. Okay, that's what I told you. 
Yeah, yeah. Steven sent me this screenshot, and he blacked out what the gift was. Correct. Mm. Actually, he blew it out, which feels a little bit funnier, because it's just fun to know that when Steven like, decided how to redact the text, he was like, no, 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 <laughs> I think this aqua shade is going to be good for the redacting. There's a whimsy to that that I found so refreshing. Travis, what are we talking about next week? Next week, we're talking about St. Elsewhere. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. Steven, what do you know about St. Elsewhere? I don't, I've never heard of that show. Yes! Perfect. <laughs> yes! That's all I've wanted. <laughs> Travis and I have separately Literally had a conversation. Literally why I picked the show in the first place. I was like, you think Steven knows St. Elsewhere? He definitely has texted me this, or we've been on the phone and he said this. Steven, I'm going to put 30 seconds on the clock. You tell me everything you think you know about St. Elsewhere, starting now. So, uh, St. Elsewhere it comes from uh, a slang term in uh, Japanese for golf course. And uh, it's a, sh- a show about uh, a man who becomes... Um, addicted to golf and tries very hard to um, become a professional. We've passed time, but I wanted to see him keep but going. loses himself to golf. Uh, and then the devil gets involved. It stars uh, a young Jason Statham before he got into action movies. And the female lead is, of course... Um, you know. Right, so we will be back next week to talk about <laughs> one of the er medical dramas, St. Elsewhere, featuring actors such as William Daniels and Ed Bagley Jr. and Bruce Greenwood and Howie Mandel and most prominently Denzel Washington. <laughs> I cannot believe you didn't just talk about the Norris Barkley album for 30 seconds. Oh, fuck me. I forgot that that's well, what Well, that no, called. he didn't do that because CeeLo is a monster. <laughs> that too. Not a monster is our wonderful producer, Matt Isiani, who had to leave early, but I'm sure he did a great job editing out the mean things I said about him. They weren't mean. They were just real facts about his life. Uh, you can find him at Arthur with two H's dot bandcamp dot com or flesh of the stars dot bandcamp dot com or all of these other wonderful music things that he does, and you can find out more of that at what Parbez Weckler Beg Belg Delphus Belg Delphus. It's at Belg Delphus. Don't don't worry about how you have to spell that. You'll figure it out. You can find Steven at. Uh, you can just find him around. He's there. Yeah, he's down uh, to hang. Well, uh, yeah, I'll show up. One of the things that's interesting is that. I only had one request for a gift from a person, but a different person referenced the podcast, but did not ask me for a gift. Oh, there you go. What was that about? Most people, well, I think what it is is that (laughs) (laughs) you can find Travis at the same, uh, also at fleshofthestars.bandcamp.com as they get ready to work on something new and exciting. Uh, You can find me probably walking around the street taking photos of you at Psyop Abelman on Twitter and Instagram. Thanks I found the camera Thanks. that you gave me under my bed. Uh, I need to use it. Yay! You found it where you find all things. Under a bed. Under Steven's uh, bed. Under Steven's That's bed. That's where you can find me. That's where the bullet that shot JFK is. It's under Steven's bed. Yeah. Uh, 
Do you want El Dorado, the lost city of gold. Do you need also your there. engagement ring back that you lost? Under my bed. Those headphones <laughs> that Wait, you haven't found. Do you know someone bed. who lost their engagement ring? Yeah, the listener. It's under my bed. Come get it. I'm, a- I'm fucking Aaron from Aaron's party. Aaron Carter, baby. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks it. for making it to the end of this. Who knows what this will look like. I never do, but I'm always delighted. Uh, you know, rate, if, review, tell a friend. If I could pay, if I could pay $1 million to get uh, a, a, a Zoom cut of every time Travis has looked confused, then realized what I was doing, and then looked ashamed, I would... <laughs> It's like, what? Oh, fuck. Uh, well, <laughs> Stephen, bring us home. Should I put the oxygen mask on the man's dick? Should I put the oxygen mask on the man from Eleven C's dick? <laughs> <laughs>